Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Oh, there we go. We're live. We're live. And, he, and he shat all over the floor. Chasers, it's the Egg Chasers Rugby Podcast, the podcast about rugby that doesn't take itself or the game too seriously. Here after an epic weekend of Gallagher Premiership final, England versus Barbarians game, French Pro 14 quarterfinal knockouts and all sorts of other stuff in between. Uh, so thank you very much for joining us here in the Rugby Dungeon. Uh, I'm Tim, that's JB. Hello, Timothy. Caught you just mid mid T-swig there. Yep. And, and Phil... Hello, Tim. Who's sporting a wonderful Egg Chasers match fit Akuma jersey. Oh, goodness me, it looks nice, that. Oh, Lovely yeah. fit, isn't it? I don't think you can get the match fit Akuma jersey anymore. Really? It was a limited, I, limited run. It's a limited run, I think. Well, it's I'll tell you what, exchange I'll tell you, for the polo shirt. Yeah, I'll tell you what, you can get a new line. Mm. New, new line of, uh, of, of wear for perfect, just in time for the summer. Get your Egg Chasers polo shirt. Just in time for the Negroni party. Exactly. Details for which will be coming later this week. Uh, I mean, what, what, what do you wear your shirt for? Birthdays? Uh, birthdays, funerals, weddings, weddings, bar mitzvahs. Bar mitzvahs? Yeah, yeah. I mean, all they, of they, the above. Do you know what? I, I would love, I'd love a bow tie in, in those colours. Oh, bow tie in these clothes and a matching pocket square. I want a, po- yes. I want a pocket square. Yeah. Would yeah. you do uh, BT Sport work? And that should be your thing, Tim. Because everyone's got uh, BT Sport. They're all very well dressed. Okay. But the thing is, you're all a little bit identical, aren't you? Like it's shirt, casual, and then a jacket. But I think you want to sort of up your game. I think you want to be known for bow ties. Bow ties. <laughs> bow ties. Every, every game, a different uh, bow tie. I don't I'm not, know if I've got that in me. Yeah, I'm not sure you want to be that guy. I no, think you want to be well, that guy. Do you know what I have sort of become? Uh, Martin Bayfield aside, who's always um, always sticks to shoes, but I seem to be one of the few people on the BT Sport team that, that always goes with shoes. You should always wear shoes. I have no time for jackets and trainers. No time. Well, Except he, when Craig Doyle does it, in which case it looks he, great. He can kind of, yeah. yeah but he's that's he's I mean. different, isn't he? Yeah. He's different. Yeah, he, yeah. He's not a mortal like us. He's He's very cool. So you're not going to be rocking the Augustine Pichot no, anytime soon? Yes, I can't do it. Yeah, I, I'm definitely not cool enough to pull that off. Yeah, I've got to stay. I'm not sure even Augustine Pichot is no. cool enough to pull that off. I, I know the thing which you can do to um, you know, to make it your own. 
you should wear a different club tie every week. Someone else's club tie every week. That that's what I would do. That is that's a good idea. That's an astounding idea. I mean, we've already got we've got multiple gifts of club ties. Actually, we've got some great mm. ones while we're in in Madrid. From mm. some, yeah, it'd be uh, cool if you turned very on very kind know, listeners. The Friday night game, and there's Cocker doing his thing. I mean, obviously you have to tie the tie around your wrist so everyone knows that you were wearing it. <laughs> but um, yeah, and you know, it's the Aylesbury club tie or the Colwyn Bay club tie that's or the Beyond Bombers club tie. Beyond Bombers, of course. That's, that's not about that, that. That that I could maybe get on board with. There is a cameraman, um, Bull. Yeah, uh, who, who wears, wears it? socks? He wears socks. The game with one cameraman. You, you might notice it because you sometimes see him on some wide shots. You'll see him running up and down the touchline, uh, and he wears one sock of each team. Do you know what? I, I saw him um, the other week, and he wears a hat. That funny hat thing as well. Yeah. And I could not work out why he had two socks on, but now it all makes sense. What a great idea! Yeah. I love that. I don't know if I want to say the next bit about the socks. But I have, I think there may be a reason why he puts one sock on one side and one sock on the other. Ooh, I don't know. Hmm. We'll I just, find out. I, I, I've I've been trying to crack a code. I'll I'll I'll, I'll get back to you on that one. Um. Anyway, you know where you can. Oh, where where can you go and get a polo shirt? Okay. A polo oh, shirt. Yeah, we, we were selling shirts. Sorry about that. <laughs> I just checked. Unless 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 you've got some more information, the uh, semi fit or the pro fit. Is in stock. Oh, it is. Yeah. Oh, there you go. The you pro fit, the long sleeve classic fit, and the men's and ladies, men's Due and women's polo shirts. I've obviously put it back in production. They're all in stock. Uh, that you can get them from akumashops.com slash eggchasers. That's akumashops.com slash eggchasers. Wonderful. Well done, you. Well Wonderful. done. Right, we're at Rugby Podcast uh, on Twitter and, and everywhere else on social media. Hit subscribe on that feed because whereas a lot of people will st- will go quiet from this point on, we will continue to bring you podcasts That's every right. single week, 350... No, 52 <laughs> weeks. 52 <laughs> weeks a year. 352 oh, weeks uh, a year. Listen, it's been, it's, what, 53 weeks, 53 weeks a year? Yes. Eight days a week. Yeah. We're, we're, we're always here. 20, 25 hours every day. At yes. least 25 hours per day. Yes. And I should probably get my excuses in early. I've, I've carried you boys through some hungover <laughs> you some have. days before, and you're going to have to do that with me today. Excellent. Well, we so, can talk about your hangover later, actually. Yeah. yeah. A lot to talk about there. Yeah. Uh, but uh, we, we should start at Twickenham. And congratulations to Saracens. What was your... Be honest. What was your over overriding feeling... On the final whistle after the Premiership final, kind of, it's it's a mixed feeling. Okay, so being completely objective, the best final I've seen, maybe the best final I've seen since I've been doing this podcast. Frankly, it's certainly one of the highest scoring finals yeah. I've seen. Oh, it's, it's the best during the lifetime of the of the pod. Possibly Leicester Northampton would have run it close. Yeah, as a maybe. Spectacle. But no, actually, I don't think that one is as high as standard. No, the no, no. The standard was the standard incredible, was exceptional. Just I, honestly, I was gutted. I was gutted for, yeah. for Exeter. Uh, yeah, it, yeah. it's a privilege to watch the game, but I just really, really wanted Exeter to win it. I was, I was gutted for Exeter. I also, I hugely, hugely admire both teams. So yeah. I'm, 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 as a total neutral in this, I'm happy for Saracens that they won, but I'm devastated for Exeter. Yeah, because they, they played so well for long periods from from about. 25 minutes through to 60 minutes, they were in control. And there's few teams that can disrupt Saracens in the way that they did for such a long period of time. Yeah. yeah I, uh, I mean, I'm sure we'll talk about it in a second. Saracens are just so awesome. And it's not because they're awesome all the time. 
They're just awesome when it needs to happen. And mm. when Slade went over, I thought, that is it. Game, set, match. You cannot win this now. It's over. No. Uh, that, they had, like, was it five minutes, ten minutes of just sheer awesomeness? They scored those three. After that Slade try. 21 scored, unanswered points. Yeah. They scored three tries. They did it against... Well, well I was going to say, well. yeah, exactly. So, Leinster, they were ten points down, 20 unanswered points. Yeah. Exeter, they were 11 points down, 21 unanswered yeah. points. Yeah. Exactly as you say, when they need to, they can turn it on. And it's only in retrospect, when you think back... I think Henry Slade, as he was, as he scored that try, the way he celebrated, I think he thought it's, it's done. We've kind Got of it. cracked yeah. this nut. We've done. Yeah. Not uh, they. They would never have been so naive as to think they didn't need to do any more. Obviously, but I do think that they thought that they'd done enough at that point. Momentum would had been with them for so long at that point. Momentum had been with them from the day viewers try after mm. about twenty minutes through to the Slade try via the Johnny Hill try. They'd had all the territory, all the possession for such a long period of time, and that put them, uh, well, eleven points up. You, you would forgive them for thinking, "Look, this is ours to lose now." Yeah. But they, in my mind, they had they'd solved the Saracens' problem. So, well, a few things. First half, Saracens' tackling I felt was woeful, which is not something you say about Saracens, but they were getting beaten up. Uh, well, they weren't getting beaten up. They were having their tackles broken left, right, and centre. They, they were. They they slipped off a number of so tackles, many a number of tackles. It's Itoji. There was three or four occasions, and it was actually where he was going for the big shots mm. and putting the big shoulder in. He did it on Devoto. He did it on Noel. He puts the big shoulder in, but Devoto, Noel, and others managed to like stand their ground, spin, pinball on, and yeah. go, yeah. Noel was phenomenal. Noel was amazing. Noel was... He was. That, that is a bad but injury. There's one thing I, I did notice. There was one point uh, I was watching the game and I was behind the set of posts that Exeter were defending in the first half. And after about half an hour, I was looking at the Saracens' front five. They were gassed. Yeah. Will, well, Will Skelton was... Uh, there was one point yeah. where he did like a... It looked like an old lady on a power walk <laughs> trying to get back into the defensive line. And I thought, gee... I th-, and it was for that reason, when they were 11 points up and I'd seen how gassed the Saracens' front five were and I thought, Exeter have an international front row to bring on and Saracens have got three youngsters yeah. to bring on. Actually, I, I thought, wow, Exeter are, are going to do this. But so, they, they actually wow. brought... Just, just on that, that point... They actually brought uh, Wollstonecroft on for Skelton, and he ended yeah, up, he ended in the up back row. playing back row. Yeah. That's how stretched the Saracens team were. Yeah. Okay, so there is an element of Exeter losing this rather than Saracens winning it, which sounds bizarre. Um, first half, uh, anyone a Star Trek fan here? No. Re- reluctantly. Reluctant Star Trek fan? Uh, no, no, but I'm aware of their work. <laughs> yeah, all right. So... Um, there is one particular uh, episode of Star Trek, uh, Next Generation, when they're fighting the Borg. And the, and the way that they beat the Borg, right? Is, <laughs> I'm so glad we got yeah. a Borg reference in. <laughs> yeah, is by modulating their shield frequency. They carry on doing something different over and over again. And that's exactly what, what Exeter were doing, which is why they were able to cross the Saracen's line so, so often. 
they were using Noel and his like little slippery feet. They were using Armand and Ewers who were carrying like monsters. And then occasionally they'd do, do those little pop passes. So they're beating Saracens in multiple ways. And Nick White was keeping them Nick honest White. around the fringes. Yeah, yeah. And, yeah. yeah Nick White. Massive he... moment when he went off because the, the Exeter's momentum completely changed at that point. So I, I think if you look at, say, the way Leinster approached Saracens, they were like, right, we're going to get over the line. We're, we're going to beat you up. We're just going to go. We're just going to do one thing really well. Well, Exeter did loads of things really, really well, and that's that's why they why they managed to get over the game line. As that game progressed, and they got less and less confident, mm. they stopped doing all these different things. You're right, and that's when they just got caught and couldn't yeah. get over the game line. I think it was it was a lot of things happened all at once. It was um, they went eleven points up, and I, I think a lot of things happened at once. Saracens turned it on in lots of different ways. They were getting knackered. Maybe they started. They started to defend a lead rather than go for the jugular. Yep. But I think I, th- I do think that Nick White replacement was a, a big moment. Had they had Will Chudley on the bench still, Chudders. and another, another replacement, yeah, so Noel Stevenson, yes. yes, right, Simmons drops to fifteen. Yeah, that was exploited for the yeah. Williams try, the, yes, the Farrell cross kick. So I think those two injuries yeah. it does change the complexion of that backline. Yeah, Saracens are beatable, providing you do. Lots of different things incredibly well all of the time in a random order, right? <laughs> Which is not it, there's a saying, isn't there? Um, easy, uh, simple isn't easy, okay? Well, you can't, that doesn't apply to Saracens, you've got to beat them with the most complex, the most complex way possible <laughs> and be perfect. Complex is not easy, and, and you know, fair play to Exeter. I mean, they were that close, they were that they, close, they really were. They could just have stuck to it. I, I, I just, I think, when in Seychelles. I, I do. I was thinking about this. I, I watched the game back today, this afternoon, and I was thinking about so Cordero. I would have loved mm. to see Cordero either oh, on God, the. Was he injured? So he's been back injured, training. Been injured for a while. So Ali can mentioned in comms that he wasn't quite a hundred percent fit. But I read something midweek that said he was in contention for selection. Mm. But obviously, because O'Flaherty and Cuthbert were actually playing. Both played really well in the semi-final. It's hard to drop them. But had he come in, he could have offered something similar to Noel, but different again, mm. because he's even more stepping electric. But had he been on the bench instead of Sam Hill as mm. your um, back outside back replacement, he could have offered something that was more similar to Noel. And again, that it's such fine margins. I, it might not have made any difference, but it, it could have allowed you to... to Exeter to continue doing yeah. what had worked so successfully and for them for such a long period you know, of time. You were talking about the bench, Tim, and you're saying, well, there's a bunch of internationals coming for Exeter, Saracens stretched a bit. It was almost like, yeah, they were stretched, but they had the international quality where they needed the international yeah. quality. So oh, yeah, yeah. When, you know, when you move Henry Slade onto the wing, that's not an international... You're not having an international quality winger or centre then. You yeah. know, you, you're changing completely. Agreed, totally. And yeah. I tell you what really summed this up. Crossfield kick, Owen Farrell, it's going high in the air and covering over is a really good club level fly half converted to fullback against one of the world's greatest greatest fullback slash wingers. Slash wingers. And you can just tell the difference. It, yeah. like, it, talk about playing to your strengths. Hoist it up. Yep. Liam Williams looks like he's levitating. Yeah, and, and try. Jamie George said that 11 points down under the post, they said Owen Farrell. Grab the team by the scruff of the neck, yeah. and at that point, it's like he 
It's like he just turned winner mode on. It's like he just sort of like pressed the button on on on, on the uh, on the back of his neck or something like winner mode activated. And Owen Farrell just that guy is incredible. And in that last 15 20 minutes when I was I was I was sort of watching the game but I had one ear on on the TV that was in the little room behind me. And the names I kept hearing were George Farrell Itoji. Yeah. The, those three and for England as well, I was th- I was sort of thinking I was getting excited by the by what happened and, and hearing those because those three are world class. Okay, so <laughs> I've got a few things on that one. First of all, the England team. Why is it not Saracens and then fill in the gap with Exeter players? Do you know it's so weird? <laughs> I had this exact conversation last night, and Ali Eakin suggested the same thing. He went just for a second. He said, "Just think about it." Exactly what was it? He yeah. said, "He said Eddie could." He said, "How Eddie could pick Saracens, and then you would have Mako, Jamie George, and you just need a tight head." Williams, Harry, Harry Williams. Williams, perfect. Two locks, fine. Yeah, got him. Got him. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Armand and Ewers with Billy. Yes. Uh, can they do heavy carrying? Or well, one, at least or, one of them can. Or Billy, Billy Kvesvik, Jackson Ray, Kvesvik. You, you can make yeah, a back. Ray, you, or you can, Simmons, who's come back fit now. So yeah. you can you can have five Saracens forwards supplement it with three others. Yeah, because you could even just put Tom Curry as a seven, or whatever. Yeah. You've got your scrum you, you, can have five, you can have five yeah. scrum nine Spencer Farrell Barrett. You could do Lazowski or Slade. I mean, I Slade. Slade. Well, yeah, pick pick out of those four centers and good at fullback. And you so you just need really you need a tighter prop. A flanker and two wingers, well, and you I mean, could have the Saracens team. Yeah, well, wingers, Noel. Wood, Woodburn and Noel. I mean, Woodburn on his form last year. How are you? Not, yeah, how are you not massively at the races with that team? Why are you no, wasting no, your time? But I mean, but I mean, well, if, if you're opening it up outside of Saracens, you could you could look wider than that, and um, if you wanted. Yeah, but, but, the, the, but the point Korean. being, you could legitimately, you could legitimately, uh, like I would pay massive money to see Saracens versus New Zealand. I think that would be yeah, an incredible I, 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 game I, I, of rugby, I, I, wouldn't it? Well, this yeah. is. So this is part of the problem for Eddie, actually, because the, the problem for Eddie is not that he's not got talent. He has actually he's got... He's an inferior coach. That's his problem. His problem is he's got way, way too much talent. So you, you saw <laughs> you saw today, you saw on the Sunday, the an England, England kids team. So this is, as I read that team, as we went through it last week, it's players who are unlikely to make the 46 or 50 man training squad for yep. the world cup yeah it's, it's people out so you're into your 50th to 60th best your club. fifth and sixth team yeah, yeah yeah it is it is really your fifth and sixth team and <laughs> they played phenomenally well against what is a very very experienced barbarian team with multiple like tens or possibly even hundreds more international caps than that england team had yeah, uh, well, you know, I would be. If it wasn't so much money with the contract extension. I'd be very tempted to say, "Look, Eddie, just look. It's, it's just not. It's not working. Let's be absolutely." <laughs> You've been saying honest. that for for three years. Yeah, uh, you know, I've been saying this for three years now, Eddie. It's just not working. Mark <laughs> McCall is going to come on sabbatical. He's going to take all the Saracens with him, and he can pick a few extra players. And we're going to tell him he's not allowed to pick any, um, anyone else. You you're not wasting so, your time. So no slippers. No, not, no, Marcus Smith. No, 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 Tom Curry. <laughs> no, no one. You're gonna get go, go, right? <laughs> those two teams. Okay, you're not bringing in some Leicester losers. You can, you can, you can have Elliot, Elliot Daly though, technically, can't you? Nope. Uh, and, no. Jack, and Jack Singleton, you nope. could you could have none of them because yeah. they're coming in. Oh, because they're on the way in. No, no, they're not. No, <laughs> I've made my decision. Yeah, you know, it's as arbitrary as the, as the playing in France rule. Uh, and there you go. Just go and win a World Cup. You've got all the things that you possibly need. Though, go and win it. Uh, they would. I'm sure they would. On on your point about Farrell, so 
I thought he had a brilliant game. Mm. I thought he had a really, really good game. Actually, his weakest part of his whole game... Exactly. Kicking. Kicking at sticks. And, yeah, and it, was, it, it was a problem last week as well. He, he missed three kickoffs. So there's two conversions. And and one was very important. And one penalty. The penalty, which would have put them six points ahead. But thankfully for Owen Farrell and Saracen, they scored a try from the rest- from the kind of subsequent passage of play. Let me ask you a question, okay? This is sort of going on a tangent. Who is the biggest ball-carrying lock in the world? Brody Retallick. Retallick, XMF. Who's the best in the line-out? Best lock in, lock in the world? Line-out line, line time. Merrill could be up there. Um, White lock could be up there, maybe. I don't, I don't know. I'm not a prob- probably technical line-out I d- operator. I, d- I don't really know okay, that Okay, what one. about biggest tackling lock? As in biggest hits. Biggest hits. Best Courtney player. Laws. Courtney yeah. Laws, all right. Um, mo- hits the most breakdowns? Alan Wynn. Alan Wynn, yeah. All right, okay. I'm not saying Mario's not world-class for a second, all right? But I was just having this thought the other day. I was thought, like, Mario is obviously a you know, hell of a player. Why has he never come up in the conversation as the best at any one particular thing? What What is it that he's really good at? Everything. Everything. Do you think he'll be defined by being like really good, like the top three in everything, rather than the best at something? Do you know anyone who has that uh, conversation so esoteric that you're judging locks, not by who's the best lock in the world? Because Marrow would come up in every single conversation. Yeah, that's but interesting. Who's the, who's the best in... Yeah, because this is like um, like having a one of those pro-evolution or, or FIFA yeah, soccer playing, thing where everyone has scores out of 100. Yes. Yeah, yeah. And, and you're going, well, he's only got nine for everything. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah it is. And, and ten for a couple is of things. Is Marrow's top from nine and everything? Well, what, what is no. he ten at? Well, no, he could still be ten, but there might be someone who's also ten and might be... A, a smidge better. So I would say he's a, he is a ten at one thing, which is doing things which locks don't really do very much of. Which are these? I'll, I'll give you an example. Like against New Zealand, when he just looks at he looks at a situation and can do things that no other lock can do. Like oh look, there's the ball coming down from line out. I'll sprint through that line out. I'll catch the ball before it hits the scrum half's hands. Or when a scrum half is about to go and pick up the ball, he goes oh yeah, I'll just leave this line and I'll get that scrum um, scrum half ASAP. I think that's what, what he's amazing at, doing things which no other locks actually even think of. Mm. I, I would agree he is amazing at that. He is also very good at... So his tackling today wasn't great, but generally tackling is very good. He, he's always, the last three or four years, he's been top five in the premiership for turnovers, uh, which considering yeah. he, he does, which is difficult for lock, and considering he doesn't play every game, is incredibly impressive. So And, and also he, he's phenomenally athletic. Do you remember the game, I'm sure it was... Champions Cup against Leon. Oh, where f- forty meters out. He pinched, yeah, yeah, pinched the ball and gassed it. Yeah, basically on the halfway flew line, in, and then it? just glides in. Yeah. How, how many other locks in the world could do that? Yeah. Not many, I think. Yeah. No, he's a, he's a crazy specimen. <laughs> James Phillips. James, James who's, Phillips. Who's your shout for uh, lock <laughs> of the season? James, James, James Phillips. Yeah. Yeah. Good, um, good question. Oh, oh, I'll just I'll just say one thing. If there is one thing Marutoji can improve, it's when you get a really good referee. Like Wayne Barnes, yeah. he he is liable to get pinged, and he got, uh, he got yellow cards in both finals, and he got a, quite a few penalties against him as well. Yeah. So that, that that's that's something he can address and can improve on. Agreed. Um, question for you. Yep. There's one player from both squads today, both of the 23s, who has played every single round of the Premiership action this year. Who was it? You know Jackson Ray. Nope. I don't know this. Jackson Ray would be the one I'd go for. Skelton. Nope. Spencer. Nope. 
Um, Lazowski? No. Nope. Crikey. Wow, well, hold on a minute. Hold on. Uh, Barrington? No. Nope. Cock? No. Nope. Wow. Uh, um, Saracen. I'll, I'll give you that. Oh, sorry. There's one in each of the 23. Cruise? There's one between the two 23s. Cruise? No. No. In, in, Barrett? In England. Oh, of no, course. Bar- no, Barrett's been injured for the last quarter of the season. Well, we've, we've nearly named the whole side. You're, you're, Maitland? Uh, no. Again, um, internationals. Strettle? No. Wasn't playing. He was on the bench. Oh, he was on the bench. We're not gonna... Wigglesworth, I said him, didn't I? Uh, no. I don't think you did, but no, not Wigglesworth. No. Go on, just, just tell us before it gets embarrassing. Nick it Tom- already is Tompkins. Nick Tompkins? I would never have got that. I mean, wow. We've gone for a long, yeah. long time. By the way, that. how did Brad Barrett get on that pitch? Mm. How do you hurt yeah. a hamstring... And six days later, you're playing. Hero. Or seven days yeah. later. Yeah. Unbelievable. Phenomenal. He, he did, so he came off, was it half-time he came off? Yeah, 29 minutes. Tw- oh, tw- 29 minutes, yeah, sorry. 29 minutes into a game with a hamstring. It does raise me, raise questions for me as to, was it the best thing to do? Would you have been better to start Tompkins and have someone else on the no, bench? No, I think you start your injured player, because you could... Oh yeah, yeah, no, you yeah. don't bring. You definitely don't. Don't bring, bring him back. off the bench. No, no, but have someone else on the bench. Mm. Oh, well. uh, right. So uh, I, I mentioned um, Marrow got on the wrong side of a few decisions. What, one decision, and good teams are very good at infringing in the right way at the right time, cleverly. And I thought there was one really, really key moment in this game just before half time. Exeter got three points from a kick right in front of the posts from a scrum. But that scrum happened because they were held up over the line. When you actually look back, Alex Good was yes. so offside. Oh, was he? He didn't get picked up, really. <laughs> he was he was stood comfortably a yard in front of the line when the extra player picked up. Was it because was it, it was the post? Was it yeah. you was picking up to go left? You, you was picking up to go left of the post. Good was so offside. It, sh- it should have been penalty try. Wow. But like it was a big moment, but great teams. Cheating Saracens. Richie McCaw uh, was the best was the best he was able to 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 play it really well and Alex Good did yeah, too. So that cuz I remember thinking how the hell has Good stopped Dave Viewers there? Yep. How on earth has he stopped by him? by being a by, yard offside? By being completely illegal. Well, Good actually made two very good tackles cuz he made he a did. tackle on Henry Slade. Two yards out from the line, I was certain at this would be a point, try. Who really thinks Alex Good is not capable of playing international international rugby for England? It just not, seems not many, so absurd now that many he people. is not the number one fullback and, ha- and should have been for the last three years. Frankly, well, it's systems. He just Eddie just wants gas in his fullback, but, but like, it seems, yeah, yeah, if he wants gas, he wants to play. He wants to play Mike, Mike Brown so often. But he doesn't. Well, no, he doesn't anymore. He's been playing Elliot daily. That's why. And Marcus and, and Anthony Watson will jump yeah, ahead of him. I just, yeah. And Jack, and, Jack, and Jack Noel will be his third option at fullback. There'll be, there'll be plenty of time, I guess, to talk to slate England before the World Cup, I guess. So yeah. So that, we'll save it for that. That penalty was interesting because that was the only time that um, Exeter, the Chiefs, went for the sticks. And I think Rob Baxter mentioned after the game, you know, in hindsight, maybe we should have carried on doing what we were doing and gone for it, gone for seven. Interesting because it was already 41 minutes. So yeah. as soon as there was any stoppage for anything other than, than a penalty, it was game over. Mm. So I, I liked that call. I did. The, the point I was actually going to make was, so it was five tries each. It was three conversion, three conversions each. It was two penalties to one to Saracens. Wow. So it was that fine margins that wow. had extra at another time. Wow. Kick sticks. They uh, could have drawn. Now, admittedly, that, that does 
assume that the Sam Hill try in the 81st minute would have still happened had the scores been closer. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, it shows how fine the margins are. Uh, I've been keeping an eye on the Saracens Instagram channel. Yes. So a little, little impromptu <laughs> rugby social. Uh, who... This is on Mako Vidapola's Instagram. Which Saracens, uh, me- which member of the Saracens back three is sing- is um, having such a good time that they're singing along to the Magic FM jingle on the Uber radio? No idea. <laughs> was, well, it's, well, there's only three of them, isn't there? Which one? Which one of who, sorry? Which who, one who of the got... Saracens back three? Oh, back three. Uh, no, Maitland. It was great mates. Great mates. mates. Seeing along to the... Gotta be mates. Um, Alex Good and which Saracens player recreated a scene from the movie Twin Town by having a bath together Ooh. after the game? Now, I'm a big communal bath fan. Yeah, um, in baths that are way too small to way be communal too baths. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, that's what they were doing. Goody. There's a very good reason. So if you know the film Twin Town, then, then you'll, no, you'll sort of have a clue as uh, to who it would be. Is it going to be Jamie George? No. no. So it's two big, tall boys. No, no, no. Tw- Twin Town is, uh, well, it, no, just give it away. So just have a guess. It'll give it away. Just doesn't matter. Just pick uh, someone. Lazowski. No. Uh, Tw- Twin Town's a movie, um, Reese fans, and it's that one set at Bonnie, uh, Bonnie Mine Rugby Club, the two two Welsh lads. So it was um, Sanjay Willis, um, Liam Williams. Oh, the, have you not? Do you remember this scene? Nope. Against triangular flags. About tra- talking. No. I've never Fuck seen the film. Off. It's in no. the book. Oh, Come sorry. on, ten fucking seconds. Sorry. Anyway, <laughs> it's a funny film, Twin Town. Sorry, I did. I, did, I picked What's a particularly about? sweary bit. It's just these two stoner lads from from uh, Swansea, uh, brothers, twins. And the, the antics they get into. Sounds I'm horrendous. surprised as a Welshman you've you've not seen it, Jay. Yeah, not Welsh in that in that sense. Um, okay, what? So, go uh, so, no, go on. so uh, what song did Maru Itoji sing on the bus on the ride home from Twickenham to uh, uh, to St Albans yesterday? Was it "The Lion Sleeps Tonight," "Circle of Life," or "Hakuna Matata"? They all had to do a bit of karaoke. Lion sleeps lion sleep tonight. Uh, Hakuna Matata. JB, JB gets that one. Have that. And um, Maru Itoji felt the wrath of. Saracens coach Adam Powell because uh, was it that he wouldn't drink his drink wouldn't let him get past to go to the bathroom or wouldn't order a taxi wouldn't drink his drink uh, was blocking him from the bathroom JB wins come on oh, mate we've all been there and, and finally <laughs> it was lovely to see uh, Jack Berger on, on a bit of a session yesterday with Moritz Botha Ernst Joubert Para. Oh, um, yeah. Petrus Duplessis, Duplessis, Will Fraser, Hugh Vivian, loads of the, these sort of Saracens alumni were all on a, awesome. on a all on a bender together. It was a great. So Jack Berger was in was oh, in was in the area. Amazing. Yeah, he was in amazing. Yeah, um, I was going to say something fun, uh, really really important then. But it's... Love Island starts. No, it wasn't that. Oh yeah, Jack, um, Jack, Jack Noel injury. Uh, no, not that. Can we, um, can we talk about Jack Noel for a minute after you've mentioned your point? Something um, amazing, which is um, Owen Farrell has. Um, Defeated the curse of Dre Beats. Do you, do Beats you know by Dre. Huh? The, we always back ourselves at home. Yeah, so uh, obviously um, we spoke about this last week. Uh, we always back ourselves at home. Chris, Chris Robshaw came, was, fell foul of Dre Beats. Anthony Joshua has fallen foul of Dre Beats. Yeah. But luckily, Owen Farrell, maybe this is a good omen, has actually gone against the grain and uh, defeated the curse of, of Beats by Dre or Dre Beats or, 
or whatever it is. So congratulations. Congratulations, Owen. And Owen, along with a, lo- a load of those Saracens boys, now have four Premiership titles and three European titles in five years. That's, That's dynasty. This is dynasty yeah. territory. Is this the best club side we've ever seen? Is this better than the Leicester double-double team? Yeah, I think it is. Oh, so it was, was it the Wasps double European champions? I, I think it is for this reason, which is I think Wasps were beating up teams which were not as good as the rest of the Premiership. Wasps were a fantastic team. They did very, very well. But they never had the competition like Saracens did. They were never pushed as hard as, as Exeter pushed Saracens. And as Leinster pushed Saracens. I mean, they've yeah, got... Leinster's yeah. the one I would refer to. Oh, as, as competition this year and last year when they beat Saracens. But also for the, the dynasty. The I mean, um, Johnny's Johnny Sexton has got three titles himself. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I would say Leinster are the only ones. It's titles. like... Are they? I'm not sure they were a better fifteen, say, than one of the Leinster, one of the incarnations of Leinster. They, they might have been the best club team of all, of all time, but I think maybe as an organisation over the last five years, they might be a bit better. But it's not much. I mean, you make an argument either way. But it's one of those two, and I don't think there's anyone else. Maybe in the history of professionalism, who who is as good as those two teams? And they are like they do remind me of New England Patriots as well because they weren't. I mean, they were always there or thereabouts, but they weren't the best team between September and December, January. Yeah. But they've yeah. just been getting better and better and, and they've better. Done it when they beat Bath in the final, they finished fourth, didn't they? Yeah, that's right. Uh, so they've got that. And it, they've built it up, but they've got that final experience. Because were it four years ago or five years ago or six years ago, when the players, you could have... You had some phenomenally talented players, but if they found themselves 11 points down against Exeter or 10 points down against Leinster, teams with that little experience of the finals rugby would not have won those games. Mm. Yeah, we agree. Uh, that's what I was going to say. Um, did you see Mark McCall not celebrating? Yes. Well, he celebrates in his own way. Yeah, in his own way. Like thinking, um, I've, got to, I've got to repeat this next year now. <laughs> I mean, that, I think that's what he must. Do you see that clip? I did yeah. see that. I did I, see that yeah. clip. Uh, and also, in his post-match interview, Mark McCall said, "Quote: I'm so lucky to work with this group. He is the most humble, magnanimous man. He's brilliant in sport, let alone rugby. It's yeah. just yeah. quite amazing. There, there are some DORs and bosses who, are in in their own brilliant way, are like." Taking centre stage, like having the limelight, it's, it's an easy trick though. Like, if you are in a really good team, the easiest thing in the world is to say, oh, "I'm so, I'm so lucky, I'm so blessed." But you know, and, and deflect away. It's authentic. You know, it's authentic. Yeah. This is this, is, this, is, not, is, this is, is what ten that. years now. It, I mean, I kind of think. If do you think, me, you, would, do you, think if, you would do that? No, I mean, no. Exactly. I would say no. I would say it in public. I say yeah, you'd be uplifting the trophy. You'd yeah, have one hand on the trophy with the captain. I've I've heard you talk about your coaching ability. And I've also seen I've also seen you coach an outstanding coach. Um, yeah, I'd be more in the in the Bougelas mold, I would say, rather than the Mark McCall mode. I hate, and they both won European cups. Absolutely, although Bougelas does he does more coaching than he should, but he's not a coach. Hey, t- tell you what, for a non-coaching coach, Bougelas done all right. <laughs> I mean, considering that he's got no experience in coaching, he's won three cups. That's quite impressive. Well, I, I think we should just acknowledge, but just make it clear to, as you're listening, just make it clear to you that we are parking to one side any asterisks over this when the when the results of whatever inquiry or yeah. or investigation into Saracens is being done is done. We should just enjoy this team 
Completely. And what, what they've what they've achieved, especially when you look at how many of that side that have won another double, second double in three years, won that with guys that they that have been there since they were kids. Completely agree. Yeah. Completely agree. There was a lot of a lot of oh you know the co investments until you can give me any proof that the co investments have made a, a shred of difference to anything. Um, you know. You've got to, you know, you've got to wait until the end of the, we d- the inquiry. We don't know what what, what that is, but yeah, um, yeah. One one thing I know I've mentioned Noel before already on this pod, but I just wanted to say what a phenomenal performance by Noel. So good. Well, he, him and Devoto actually. De- yeah, Devoto Devoto played very well, but Noel, the strength of the boy, to keep taking those hits and spinning and keep making the yards. So he only, I say only, he only made fifty-four meters with ball in hand. Is that it? But it was the it was the yak. It was the yard after contact. He was playing like him great. He was he, he was king of the pick and go, as he calls himself. Don't disagree with him. <laughs> um, yeah, there you he, go. He, he there's was, talk about Sippers being a potential third scrum off. If you want to have versatility, drop a number eight out of the squad as long as you've got Jack Noll in Noll. it. Yeah, Perfectly hopefully he's fit. Please, please, yeah. don't be too bad an injury. So it looked. Really bad. It looked horrible, particularly when. So, so the way this works, just to let you know how the sausage is made a little bit. There'll be a director and there'll be people talking in the broadcast truck. And when it's a really bad injury, quite often someone has a look at the replay and they go, "Don't replay it." Yeah, because yeah. it's it's not not fair to the player and not not the sort of thing you want to see at home. So they just say, "Don't play it." So when I saw that they hadn't replayed the Jack Noll thing, I thought, yeah. "Oh God, someone's had a look and it's hot. It's horrendous." Yeah, they did end up replaying it. And he walked off. And he walked off. It's where he kind of went backwards. Yeah. Like, so horrible. the walk off doesn't necessarily mean that nothing bad has happened. Or like uh, no. bad, I mean nothing really, really serious that would keep him out for four or five months out of the World Cup. Didn't it look to you like he was getting up on his feet and trying to see how he, how he could do it? Can I, can I jog yeah. this off? It did actually look like, could I play? <laughs> no, no. <laughs> These players, players like Noel, play, pretty much every player in that game, the, just like um, Brad Barrett, they would do anything to keep playing yeah. in games like that. Yeah. Now, enough of this game. I've, well, spoke about it. I want to know two things. I want to know, did you and Goody have a pint race? Uh, so, yeah, and, and, and if, if you don't understand the context of that, Andy Goody and myself were um, working... Uh, on, on the on the BT Sports stage in the West Car Park, which was absolutely packed. The last four years, the final has been incredible weather. Bearing in mind, it wasn't great on, on Friday and it's, it wasn't great on Sunday. Yeah. It was scorching again. So just next year, just get to the get to the Premiership final, which is in the middle of June next year. So, um, But you know, we didn't have a pipe is race. Of Ju- is it in the middle of June? Yeah, because everything kicks off later because of wow. the... Wow. Yeah. Uh, so... So no, we didn't have a pipe race, but I did get asked, uh, and I did oblige, uh, uh, dusting that off at the at the BT Sport rap party. Ah, so yeah. we went later out on. after the Premiership final. Yeah, after you like to say where you went? Went to somewhere in Richmond by the river. It's lovely. We had our own little own, own little area. It was good. A- any any impressive post match performances? Um, you like to say? Well, I think I can say. I, I don't think he'd mind. Austin Healy was it was an amazing form. He is. Uh, <laughs> He's a sight to behold when he's in full flow, as he was on a rugby pitch. <laughs> he's, oh, absolutely. Um, yeah. And when he's doing his analysis, he is one of the best when he's in form. He is. And yeah, he was he was highly entertaining. He was uh, 
he was he was trying to make sure everyone else had a great night. So he was trying to instigate getting um, some shots and stuff. But I, but for whatever reason, the um, the, the kind of people that that had the details of the tab would not give it to <laughs> would not give it to Austin so he, he he took it upon himself to just go and basically he was all i remember my main memory of the night and it deteriorated quite quickly after this was every now and again austin healy coming around and pouring something uh in my something in my mouth out of a bottle how the other half live eh? <laughs> yeah absolutely yeah amazing um, who was out you say everyone 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 was working the game, which was basically everyone. Which was everyone. Oh, well, not everyone. Not everyone. Nick Nick Mullins was in bloody. He was in Roland Garros. I know, and it was no, and it was noticeable. It, well, this, the, the, hey, the season changing next year means Nick Nick Mullins will be available for the final, I guess, because <laughs> it'll be in that little post Paris pre Wimbledon window. Oh, nice! It makes it makes a big difference. That's what I'm saying. It makes a big difference to my viewing pleasure. Not that, not that anyone else is bad. Just yeah, you know, there was certain things that, very, I, very that, that I expect. Yeah, he was great. Um, rolling ball of barbed wire and such, the, the little dumper truck. Yeah, stuck in a little dumper trademark. Truck. Um, JB, are you excited? The other thing you're excited about? Are you excited about Love Island? Yes, I am actually. Well, am I? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. I wonder if um... I kind I kind of feel dirty. I, I I enjoy it, and then by about week five, I, I sort of hate myself a little bit. Yeah, I'm I feel wondering dirty. if like with all the mental health hysteria and the vetting, which has gone gone picking these Love Island contestants, are we just going to have? A bunch of very stable people. And it seems to be, actually, looking at the preview for it, no, we're not. It looks like they've managed to find uh, some amazingly shallow and narcissistic people like they have most years. So I'm I'm really looking forward to it. (laughs) What rugby player would you most like to see walk into the Love Island Villa? Well, we've done this before, haven't we? Did we we talk about this last year? Yeah, so the problem with the men, a lot of the men that go in there are, well, I'm going to say, they're all all effeminate in a way. Yeah, effeminate. I'd say like, like shave the legs, so on and so forth. Groomed, groomed. That's that. That's that's. Yeah, they, they, their eyebrows always just. Oh, I find their eyebrows disconcerting. And fake, the men on tan. the men on Love Island's eyebrows, and also that they're, they're um they're a certain they're quite often like cut and muscular in that sense, but they're not they're men, not men. they're not muscular. They're they're. they're they're defined. Yeah, they're not. So like, actually, they're still they're still there's no depth to them. Like you see a professional rugby player, there's there's yeah. like depth. Yeah. yeah. Or Phil. Or Phil. Or Phil. They won't be, be deadlifting anytime soon. No, exactly. They, they, know, they, can, they know their way around a barbell curl stood in a squat <laughs> rack while proper people who like to do yeah. proper weights stand and get annoyed waiting for him to finish. So, uh, so there's two questions going on here, really, isn't there? Who would, would most fit into the Love Island Villa and who would I like to see in the Love Island Villa? And they're two very different... Okay. So I'd quite like to see someone, someone fairly miserable and big... Um, Ooh, Gethin Jenkins, ideal. <laughs> Gethin Jenkins would make a one a wonderful a, a wonderful contestant. Maybe a James Phillips, <laughs> James like a real gnarly. <laughs> yeah. yeah, anyone who wears lock, uh, any lock or tight head could e- could easily go easily go in. What about a Georgian tight head? Oh, the guy who plays <laughs> yes. the Claremont, Kirikashvili. Yes, there we go. Well, word, and also, it'd be better if he doesn't speak a word of English. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. just eats eats all of the food, and uh, and then when they're doing their little posing workouts, he just goes and deadlifts <laughs> everything. Yeah. So everything. Like every single weight, in yeah. the, every single plate in the gym is used by him all the time. Uh, as a combo, that that Exeter centre partnership of Sam Hill and Henry Slade, they, Henry do, Slade they, would, they do very well. Oh my word, Henry. Sa- no, Sam Hill's a very, de- a very, attra- a very yeah. handsome gent as well. 
Yeah, I, I mean, Henry and, Slade in there, he looks like a fitness model. I mean, he, by the way, he was standing next to um, Farrell in the final. I thought, bloody hell, he's massive. Because Farrell's a big boy, isn't he? Wide shoulders and shape. Henry Slade's every bit, the, you know, the size that he is now. Yeah, yeah. That, that sort of happened overnight. He's a big, strong boy. Yeah, Henry so, uh, good, yeah, good Henry Slade could actually go in there as one of those Instagrammy type ones. But I'll tell you what, why don't we merge both worlds of Gnarly, doesn't really speak English, forward, uh, and also someone who looks like an Instagram type model, um, Sergio Parise. <laughs> oh, man. Imagine how inferior you'd feel. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the, the any bravado would just shrink, shrivel out of those other men in the villa. Yeah, exactly. Francois Houhard would be a good shout. Yeah, he would fit in too well. He, he would be too, too. Yeah. What was the other yeah, one? JJ Engelbrecht. Would... Yeah. <laughs> Most handsome man in rugby. I think Slade might currently be. Oh no, Slade or Victor Vito. Am I two most handsome men? Victor Vito, yeah. There you go. Mm. Victor Vito is. So I mean, uh, the question is, Tim, are you going to do a Love Island podcast th- uh, this year? Mate, I can't. I, I, can't. I just cannot commit to that. I, can't I cannot commit to that. It was God. How did we do that? Every night, every it was bloody tyr- night, it was tyranny, absolute tyranny. Yeah, no, no, I, I can't. I can't. Let's I can't. see how episode one goes. Let's see how outraged I am by the end of episode one. I mean, <laughs> if there if there'd be a demand to chuck a once a week Love Island pod on our Egg Chasers channel, no way are we doing that. <laughs> no. We're not polluting. No. We've cultivated <laughs> for five years. We're not throwing that away. Yeah, I think we've already spoken about it far too much. Yes, well, not enough. On this episode, okay. On this episode. On this episode, fine. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a t shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Okay, well, um, something equally as ridiculous as Love Island, the Barbarians were playing England. They were. And this was... I was not expecting the performance from the England team that, that we got. I was I was very pleasantly surprised. I alluded to it earlier. Um that England team was seriously young, seriously inexperienced. There's boys in that team who've only got a handful of premiership appearances, and they played bloody well. They did, didn't they? They played really well. Um, Mark Atkinson played very well. Two tries. Yeah. Hat-trick, he gets signed by sale and gets fast-tracked to England. <laughs> so shame for him that he missed out on that last one. Um, he, he did play well for the Barbars. Um, from the England team, I thought... Don Brandt was brilliant. He, and, and Curry. I mean, Ben, I, ben Curry. Bench was, Curry. Bench Curry was okay. Yeah, so okay, you've, you've given me loads of things to talk about. And I'm. Number one, Ben Curry. Bench I Curry. 
do not know what Eddie Jones is looking at when he watches Ben, ben Curry. Bench Curry. Bench Curry, sorry. Too similar. He's, he's already got a guy in his squad that does but, exactly yeah, what he but does. But, like, not according to him. I mean, according to, um, according to Eddie Jones, th- these two... Tom Curry and Ben Curry on night and day. Yeah, it, it really it is odd, especially when when they first appeared in a squad together. When they went to Argentina, was it? Yeah. Named in the squad to start was Ben was ben. ben Curry, yeah. and uh, Tom Curry was on the bench. Now the people that know yeah. these, the Curry boys the best, right, are at Sale Shocks, and Ben Curry is Sale Shocks Player of the Year. Players Player of the Year. Players Player of the Year. So, and so like what Eddie Jones is seeing when he's like, oh yeah, maybe he should be a scrum half, tongue in cheek. I just don't so get it. I, I just would not read anything into what uh, Eddie Jones says in press conferences. No, no, but this wasn't in a press conference. Or to the media. Okay. Unless, I mean, unless it's a one-on-one conversation with Eddie Jones and Steve Borthwick, I would just not pay any credence because anyone can see that the two Curries are identical. Yes. Identical capabilities. Uh, yeah. So, I mean, there might you know, be but, shades but, here or there, but... but the Curry com- will not... He will have only done his England chances a, a huge boost. Yeah. And this remember, this, as I said before, the way I'm looking at this team is a handful of these guys have got a shot at being in the 40-man training, training squad. These yeah. are guys who are not expected to be in that squad. That's exactly what I was going to say next. You might, you might have a few of these guys that are potentially England fourth 15ers. Yeah. yeah. Rather than fifth or sixth. Okay, yes, so correct. the interesting one here is, of course, Cipriani, who did not play because he might be involved in things later on. They yeah. pulled them back. Yeah, Don Brown's got. He's got to have a shout. He has to have a shout. He's he's got to be in the training camp. Yeah, have be. a look at him because he he was brilliant. And it's with Don Brand, What really impresses me is so his power, his size, his physicality, and his power really impress me. But then you look some of his offloading, some of his yep. handling is lovely. Some of his support line, his support lines, he he gets to be as powerful and effective as he is because he runs intelligent support lines and intelligent running lines. I, I thought he was very, very yeah, good. Every and, time and, I've watched him, he's impressive. And every time you say that, I cannot quite believe this is his first season as a professional. Yeah. And the, the one he, thing, you look at his rig, he's, he's much better than he was. He's still got a bit of strength and conditioning to do. But he's, he's an... Considering the frame on the boy, when he does get a good off-season period to properly train and properly condition himself mm. god he's going to be dangerous i'd like i'd like eddie to take him in the training squad i think absolutely absolutely it is a case of though who do you leave out and well is it because if you look yes, at the carriers, co- law you can't say he yeah. should be in without saying who you drop although it's the last, well, last squad was 31 man the training squad is going to be let's just say between 40 and 50 men yeah so there and is if it's 50 men make it 51 men so you can take him yeah yeah but if you wanted ben curry in your world cup squad who, who would you drop <laughs> I don't know because I really want Sam Underhill in, in yeah. my team as well I mean I want a mixture between it's not so much that I think he should play it annoys me the perception that he is so much worse than his brother when it just clearly is not the case that's the thing that's the thing which annoys me more so I'm actually happy with England's sevens if they are fit and firing being a mixture of Tom Curry Sam Underhill. I think they are two of the most wonderful sevens, you know, certainly in the country. Well, in terms of in terms of dur- durability, so there's no doubt how good Sam Underhill can be. But in terms of durability, I think that's where his question mark comes in. And is he a li- yeah. is he a liability taking him to a World Cup when yeah. you've got seven games and you're only going to have five five back row players? So you're going to need someone who's going to be 
yeah, fit and available for five or six of them to be able to. It's a worry, isn't it? Mm. It's such a worry. Yeah, I mean, anyone can get in, get injured. I guess. Again, we've got lots of time to talk about yeah, about that. Uh, other 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 guys that that were impressive. Um, Marchant, yeah. Marchant, his feet and acceleration were brilliant, and it. it this was the kind of open game that suits March. Uh, he's had an amazing season, though. 11 tries in the Premiership, and yeah. um, uh, he's, he's been outstanding start to finish. Yeah. And Smith. Smith was excellent. Magic Marcus. The, the two halfbacks, actually. Alex Mitchell, Mitchell. really impressed me. Um, I thought those two were excellent. Yeah, Smith, not quite good enough to start in the World Cup yet, but getting there. I mean, he is... This is a great example. He is the fourth choice fly half for England. I, I think he's pretty comfortable to say that, but yep. he would... It would take monstrous injuries or some unbelievable drop in form for the three guys above him. Uh, in what uh, is, yeah. what we, is we would have been saying that life. about Stephen Donald How about, yeah, twelve no, years no, ago. No, true. Yeah. True. I don't say it quite like you guys say it. I say it more like a pyramid, right? Which is number one nailed on in Eddie's mind, and probably rightly so. Now is Owen Farrell. Owen Farrell goes down, and it is a lottery who gets in next. I think George Ford gets in next. You really think? Yeah. yeah. No way. Yeah. Well, no, actually, you're probably right. In, in Eddie's mind. I and, think... and he's had a brilliant season. He, he, he's, he's had a brilliant season. He has played very well oh, in a know. very Look, bad team. Yeah. A very bad team. I don't know. Look, he, He's managed to have a great season in a terrible he team. Nearly, he nearly got relegated. Yeah. No, no, no. He's had a great he's season in a terrible team. Like, he's made he the kept, leader. He kept like, what would have been a, a mid-table, mid-table championship team. He kept them in the Premiership. And, uh, and, and I would, yeah. And I, yeah, okay, yeah. fine. And I, and I would that. contend that um, Gloucester would have done no worse if they just traded Cipriani and Ford. Yeah. No. I, I'm with that, actually. So, if you've got all three of them, all right, you've got the, the, the aeroparent Smith, who is probably below the other two. You've got Sippers, who I guess you're going to have to reinvent. He's going to want to do what he wants to do. Yeah, maybe Ford does come in because it just makes more sense because he's more... Ford will fit into the system yeah. that you've got. Ford will do anything to be playing in, in that team and he uh, would fit in yeah. the system. I, I still go with Cipriani, then Ford. But it's not as clear. Oh, yeah, well, I, yeah. I, didn't, I didn't say... In, in my comment, um, I didn't say Ford is better than Cipriani. I said Gloucester would have done no worse... With Ford at ten, if you yeah. swap the tens, that, that's all I said. Which is which is basically saying they're both exceptional. And and in, yeah. in my mind, in Eddie's mind, Ford's second place. Yeah, I, I believe Eddie thinks that the the, the, the Oldham connection. Those boys, those boys love each other, don't they? It's true. Uh, in my mind, it's not so clear. I think uh, there's a clear number one, and the number two is a bit of a bun fight. One, 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 one might, yeah, one does shade, one does shade it. But I'd go, I'd go sippers them. It's very big of you to admit that uh, Owen Farrell is clear number one. Well, he is, is in you... Eddie's mind, not in my mind. <laughs> <laughs> we think very, very different. It is interesting that um, Cipriani, the, the word is, could be third choice fly half and third choice scrum half. Nonsense. Yeah, I can't and see that happening. Third choice fullback. Here's yeah. a question, right? So I was mulling this over. There's not an English scrum half, is there, that plays any other position than scrum half? Does that make sense? So like a lot of French like players. who hard could play on the wing or or yeah, yeah. or, or yeah, power can play ten. Oh, who is um, Weepu played ten? He in, did. In um, um, like Mercer on and Gaultier used to swap around all the time. They used to like whoever's closer to the breakdown would then be the nine and the other one would be the ten. The Glasgow scrum half slash winger. What's his name? The Fijian boy. Um, oh, uh, Matawalu. Yeah, that's a little Nicole, different. Nicole Matawalu. Yeah, he's a little different to most other scrum halves. He is. It, 
England don't have a scrum half like him, it's no. fair to say. But I can't think of anyone in the England round the England setup that can do well, anything else other than scrum half. That is often a criticism of England and the English setup that it creates people who are well, um referring to uh, David Epstein's new book, Range. Mm-hmm. Which, David Epstein, good. Econ Talk. Yeah. Um, I listened to that. It's, it's yeah. an amazing On the podcast. recommendation of one podcast. of our listeners. But that's talking oh, yeah. about that's talking about gen- specialists yeah. and generalists. Specialists and generalists, and yeah. England generally, uh, forgive the loose word, but generally England's, England creates specialists rather than generalists, rather than like a... A Matt Gitto or I was going to say Australia are, are the yeah. classics, aren't they? Where their back lines are just interchangeable. They're, they're, like they, Hodge, who can play twelve, thirteen, wing or fifteen, and that's all about having yeah, and that's all about um, having the, the 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 generic understanding and the basic skills, with, and being able to apply that to different contexts and different positions, like you, that, that amazing understanding. And yeah, Eng- one- England England's players are more regimented and don't have that. that don't have that. Take, take, change the context and they don't have that same understanding not only can I not think of a single nine that, that can play in any other position in England I can't think of a single other back that can play nine unless you, unless you can fill in the blank for me there so we mentioned a few the French have a long history of it and we've m- mentioned a couple of uh, anomalies like Houhard and uh, Matawalu are anomalies can you can you mention can you think of any well, others? I, I, I know P, I can Pienaar t- is would be one. Pienaar, I tell you, in a World can Cup you, can game, can you mention a, a, um, a New Zealand one other than Piriwipu? No, but I can mention a Welsh one. I mean, not on didn't happen on purpose, but didn't Gareth Davis score a try to knock England out, out of the World Cup on the wing? Wasn't it? No, nah, I don't remember that Alad game. William was Alad, It was it was one of the scrum offs. It was, but that was only. And that was forced. That was a uh, yeah. That was like Henry Slade going to the wing. Uh, the only England player I can think of off the top of my head who I know has played 10, who's a scrum half, is Sam Harrison for Leicester. I'm not sure. Is he in the conversation, Sam Harrison? Mm. Not that I know of. No. Not that I know of. So, you know, um, that's it, really. Not, yeah, none of the New Zealand boys do, really, do they? Yeah, let's think of those. But, no, but, no. but when you look generally at, say, Australia is, is a great example, well, and New Zealand as well, um, but uh, Tamua... Beal, James O'Connor, or Australia always produce these guys who can play 10, 12, 13, 15. And I wonder if it's because of coming from Rugby League. It's like we've got these amazing players. Do you know who, who they remind me of? They remind me of the, the guys with skill set of uh, Kyle Eastman, who for the longest time didn't have a position and then finally settled down at, down at 12. So that's probably it. They've probably got amazing rib players. I mean, oh Christ, we could do. We, 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 could, play we, somewhere. we could get this conversation to Sam Burgess quite quite yeah, easily. Teetering <laughs> on the edge of Sam Burgess again. So they're going to have to take a rugby league nine. Uh, no, it's a hooker. Um, the this leads quite nicely on to a, a conundrum for Wales. Okay, so Reese Webb was playing today, and you know he, he played well. I'm not sure he played well enough to turn enough heads in Wales to say, yeah, we, we should rip up the whole Welsh regional contract system to get Reese um, Webb in. Because the same problem applies. Nines only play nine. It is interesting, that one, isn't it? Because, well, apparently Will Skelton has said no to Australia, even if they um, made it so that he could play. Really? Will Skelton said no. But apparently... What about the cash? Because um, Mark McCall, after last week's game, was he, he was quoted as saying... They want all their their players to play internationally. They want them to achieve the highest honours. And so, if to if to do that, he would have to take a short or long term uh, Super Rugby contract, 
Saracens wouldn't stand in his way. Yeah, well, I think it was in the rugby paper today where uh, Will Skelton is. Uh, there we go. Skelton says no to World Cup. Uh, Will Skelton set to turn down the chance of going to the World Cup to see out his two-year deal with European champion Saracens. The ARU approached him to see if he'd be, be available. Um, it depends. It no. depends what they want because mm. if they want him to play to sign a two-year Super Rugby contract, that is a much bigger commitment than yeah. just saying. We'll sign you on a six-month uh, Super Rugby contract. Come and play this one year, and then go back to your. I guess. Yeah. I guess that that's maybe more what they might be talking about. Because and going back to what you were saying about Reese Webb, if you'd, you know, as say Josh Adams, for example, probably would have been able to get more money at a, at a club in England than or France or wherever yeah, yeah. than having to go to a Welsh region to further his international ambition and you would be pretty cheesed off if the rules were bent for a player exactly after, right. after you'd been forced to move to one of only th- and all three clubs play a, a player who's on mega money at Toulon as well yeah it also doesn't say a lot does it about how much you value your domestic rugby if you're willing just to dish out six month contracts to people to get them in the national team it makes a mockery of you know you stay here so our national our regional teams or our national club teams can grow and get fans and be established and then just bring in a guy for six months. He might not even play for you because that's not why he's there. So I, I don't like that idea. I, I, there is definitely an element of being more flexible around international times. And also you've got to remember, like international money is massive for these players. Massive. If you look at what the average guy is on in the Premiership... Well, for Eng- it's massive for England. I don't know what other oh, no, nations even are. Like, you know, so, let's uh, say Josh Adams... I guarantee you his international money will have doubled what he earned at, at, at Worcester, if not even more. I mean, it is a big, big deal for these Yeah, guys. he wouldn't be on a massive contract at Worcester. Yeah. Mm. He didn't come in on a big contract. He didn't yeah. come in as the name he is now. His contract now, if he were to re-sign in England, would be much bigger than what, what he was. And there's a bunch of these boys up and, down, up and down the premiership who are not on mega money, but if they get that international call-up, it makes a world of difference. So... Um, yeah, they should all play in international rugby as soon as they get as soon as they get the chance. But I'm not sure, you know, bringing in a guy for six months to the Waratahs sends the right message to the Waratahs. All the all the players established there. The same if they went. To, there's talk about Reese Webb going on loan or signing for a Welsh team. What does that tell? What does that tell yeah. to, uh, Thomas? Is it Williams? Yeah, yeah, to, Thomas, Thomas Williams, Williams and your, yeah, Davis. Yeah. I, uh, uh, I two things I say to my kids all the time. Choices and consequences. Choices and consequences. Yeah, yeah. And it's the same. Reese Webb. You, okay, you've got this choices and there's consequences. You go, you, you go half get a million euros a week, uh, or a month uh, even. Go and go and earn all that cash. The consequence is this, and I I kind of agree. Having having drawn the lines, you can't blur the lines. So, Dis, despite many many people, Welshmen, I and I understand why they're saying, oh, we should just change the rules for this. Yeah, and even like there'll be unintended consequences, and and yeah. I, I would be thoroughly yeah. pissed off they if should, I was a Welshman who, who'd signed for a region. They definitely shouldn't change the rules. If Reese Webb or the WRU were smart about it, they could have looked at doing something like uh, Bernard Foley's done, like a load of the South African boys had done, like Dan Carter in his in, in the past did, which is right into your next WRU mm. contract, a planned sabbatical, and play one year at Toulon, mid-World Cup cycle, Mega money for that one year. Oh, yeah, that's a good shot. That's, that's where... And you come back a better in, player. That's the other thing. Yeah, you get different experience. So that's where it You can make be. a business case well, as the WRU, can't you? I say you come back a better player. I mean, maybe not in Toulon. 
Yachts, or not this incarnation anywhere, like at Paris. All. I mean, I can't. Uh, well, you, yeah, yeah. Well, you get you get a good suntan, like vitamin D. No, no thinking, vitamin D deficiency. I was thinking, yeah. like, say, you know, you're a local lad, grew up in like Clonethley. You take your rugby super super serious. You're in fair, relatively good condition, and then they let you loose in Paris and they feed you pate. Yeah, I can't. Maybe you don't come back a better player. Go to Saracens for a year. <laughs> well, you could you could do that. Yeah, you could do Saracens. Yeah. So on that, the um, overindulging in France. Did either of you see the Rupeni Thalthau documentary? I haven't watched it yet. Not yet. It is brilliant. It is a brilliant bit of work. Um, Dan Leo, the Pacific uh, Rugby players welfare. welfare. Yeah, Pacific Rugby Welfare. Um, it's available on YouTube. It's we retweeted it at Ruby Podcast from our Twitter account. It's a twelve fourteen minute little documentary talking through a bit of the history around what happened with Rupeni Thauthau. Mm. It is a phenomenal bit of filmmaking, I, and I, it's such a it's such a kind of it's a, such a sad story because he was so phenomenally talented, but from such an isolated part of the world that when he went to New Zealand as a 18 year old he didn't didn't speak english so he had to learn english then to be able to play for them when he got his first paycheck he spent it to build a house for his village back in fiji and then kind of 12 months 18 months after that playing for northland and then spoiler alert by the way (laughs) (laughs) i know i'm joking (laughs) but yeah he goes to new zealand not speaking english he then because he's just so electric he gets picked up by Agen in france goes to france Barely speaking English, definitely not speaking France. He's not seen anything like this in the world. He grew up in this tiny little village of a dozen houses in a tiny little part of Fiji. It's yeah. a, it's a f- phenomenal film. It's a phenomenal story, and the work that Dan Leo and the um, Pacific uh, Rugby Welfare mm. the work the work that they're doing to try and prevent stories like that because it was basically now he has got no money for for whatever reason for multiple different reasons probably he wasted all of the one, the money or does no longer have the money. Well, I, mean, just, I, I would like to say, I, I don't mean to derail from the no. Repenny Thalthal story by saying this, but because it is such a, it, it, you're right, and, and, the, and the bits I've read and seen about some of him, stories of people like him and, and other people um, from Fiji, Tonga, Samoa, is, it's alien to us. It's completely alien to us. So for that yeah. reason, I would really love to add the context to the whole Falau debate by it, I would love to have an explanation of where he's come from What's and what what life is like back in Tonga in the community he came from because I I just I think there's a lot of context here that we don't see. Well, to tie mm. us all up, um, I've been fortunate enough to interview Dan- Daniel. You can go and look at that interview on Rugby Dungeon, um, and I've spoken to him multiple times since. Like, if I need a bit of information, particularly say around the Falau incident, you know, Dan Leo would be someone that I text and you know, see if he's available for. Which I can honestly say. If more people behaved, act, acted, and spoke like that, 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 that it'd be a far, far better world. He's an I, impressive I've, bloke. Yeah, I've seldom spoke to, yeah, like, like Phil says, a more impressive guy. I mean, uh, yeah. and and doing doing the right things or seeking to do the right things with the right motivation behind it as well. Yeah, completely agree. Yeah. So, so go yeah, check go, out. go and watch that, that yeah. video. You will you will not regret it. You mentioned Argen in France. Um, did you see any of the top fourteen quarterfinal knockout games? I heard about them, but I've not watched so them. I, so I watched the first half of the Racing La Rochelle game, and Racing were it was the worst discipline I've ever seen a team in that half. It, they were a disgrace around the rook area, and they just kept on infringing. 
which led to Chavoncy, I think it was, got a yellow card. For it was probably the tenth rook penalty of the half. He comes in from the side, takes out the nine. The nine's not got his hands on the ball, and that's, that's the tenth penalty. They were already twelve uh, nil down at that stage. The most French thing about this fixture. This is the the most French thing in club rugby. Uh, Do you notice where it was being played? Uh, it it uh, was not in the no. At their old stadium. Yeah. Because the Defence Arena, or La Défense Arena, was double booked for a pop concert. Wow. <laughs> and then wow. they went and lost to La Rochelle. Get your basics Someone's right. Someone's getting Many, fired. Money well spent. Someone's yeah. getting fired for that. Get your basics right. Racing 92. Goodness me. Uh, yeah, do you know what? If, if you come in from the side of the rock and tackle a scrum half, that, to me, is on par with showing up to, tra- to, show up to training drunk. <laughs> that, that is, I write that down, and I find you a week's wages. I mean, that's that's how dimly I look at that sort of decision. It was monumentally stupid, but that was that was just par for the course for Racing in that first half. They they just everyone was doing it. They could not, and they kept getting pinged for it, and they just didn't learn. It was insane. Yeah. So as a result, Racing ninety two are out. La-, La Rochelle go ahead to the semi finals, and in the other semi final, it was Leon Carl Ferns Leon who beat Montpellier at home. Twenty one wasn't here for this game. No, twenty one sixteen. Do you know where he was? Madrid. Uh, Madrid, of course. Oh, he's in Madrid. A, a big Liverpool fan. Grew up in. Huge grew up Liverpool in Liverpool. Fan. Grew up in Liverpool. Carl Ferns. Yeah. That was a dreadful game. Wasn't it awful? I mean, not only was it awful, right? I, I, I mean, I was kind of looking forward to it. I turned it on, watched a bit of it. And uh, it's it's the coverage that gets me. The coverage is just so awful. They give away a penalty. I mean, the, uh, BT Sport. BT Sport, uh, it, was, it was outstanding. The, the, in fact, I, I will just defend what, one other thing, because you mentioned the Rapenny Southout thing. Yeah. The, the no-filter stuff that BT Sport do is out of this world good. I've not seen it yet. So they started it with boxing, and they've started doing it with football and, and rugby. And if you have a chance, go and have a look at the no-filter on the BT sport rugby twitter feed because there will be some popping up but basically it's it's um it's basically it, it just get it gets you into dressing rooms into training grounds it, it, it has shots of the game and it from in the crowd it, it's so incredibly well put together you should definitely check it out the no filter stuff is brilliant bt yeah, sport uh, uh, so, get, doing game changing stuff once again go ahead with your coverage yeah, point not the coverage per se it's more the analysis that's what i meant to say so um, they give away a penalty in the first 30 seconds. What do you think the analysis was of, the, of that penalty? He'll be disappointed with giving away that penalty. Oh, thanks. I would never have guessed that. <laughs> I, would, I would never have guessed that that is not the perfect way to start. I, I, just, I, I know it's aimed at a certain... Football coverage is aimed at a certain crowd. But why do they need to tell us this? Well, that's the, well, that's a bit patronising to, to that football crowd. I think actually, that, 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 no, 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 no. I think you're you're right to call that out, and they deserve better than that. I thought that um, I liked Andrew Neil on on the coverage. Um, political commentator Andrew Neil. Yeah, yeah, political commentator Andrew Neil. Okay, he's so good, so much value on uh, Twitter. What did he say? I'm just looking for it now. Well, one of God, our he tweets a lot. You have to scroll right down. His one of our listeners writes his jokes on uh, this our, week. On this week, yeah. We've got some influential listeners. By the way, the the Negroni influence is just oh. it's it's reaching fever pitch. I can't. I've never seen so many Negroni about now. <laughs> hey, and it's the hundredth year. It's a centenary year of the Negroni. Negroni, is it? Yeah. yeah. Premium Brands sent me a, a bit of information about uh, about the Negroni, which I'll read out at some point. And did they also send you some gin, Campari, and sweet red vermouth? I'll have a look. Might, <laughs> might be somewhere. 
Um, I can't if there's find, any left. I can't find the tweet. He tweets too much. I can't find the tweet. But um... <laughs> hey boys, I'm a little bit, a little bit of a loss now because we have nothing to preview. This is the point where we switch into preview mode. What are we going to do? Uh, there's some super rugby games. Not interested. No. You're not interested that your oh, beloved Hagwara. Oh, here he goes. Uh, Andrew Neil says, so some team goes ahead in the first minute on a dodgy penalty, then for the next 85 minutes so far, nothing happens. This is the beautiful game. Thank God for cricket and rugby. Proper, <laughs> proper sport. Very, well, the very con- true. The contrast between the quality of the two finals, both yeah. shown on BT Sport on the Saturday, uh, significant contrast. Yeah, agreed. Um, yeah, we, we it was a two-hour two build-up for that as well. For that, it was a two-hour build-up for the well, football. Scouts from Madrid. It's not like an eight-hour build-up. So <laughs> yeah, you know. Um, yeah, your beloved Haguaras, JB, are topping the South African Conference in Super Rugby. All right, let's, 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 let's do our predictions then, and give it exactly the same attention as we give, say, Pro, Pro 14 predictions. Go on. What are the fixtures this weekend? Go on, let's pretend that we know about it. Okay, we've got. Highlanders hosting the Bulls. Bulls. Oh, those 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 Highlanders um, and those pesky Bulls. Yeah. I, I'll go for. I'll go for Bulls. Give me the light blues. That's what they're called, right? <laughs> That's what the fans call them. Yes, I'm sure they do. Okay. Uh, Highlanders to win at home. Reds. Um, Reds against the Blues. Plucky uh, Reds. Suncorp, Brisbane. Plucky Reds against the, the those Reds, defiant blues. The yeah. Reds who lost to the Jaguars at home. Yeah, I know. This weekend. I quite like the way that the uh, people of Queensland vote, so I'm going to go Queensland Reds, please. I'll go the Reds at home as well. Blues, who are third bottom in the table at the moment. Yeah, I know. This. You don't need to tell me and JB that, we know. Um, then we've got the Crusaders hosting the Rebels. Oh, those Saders are going to... Saders minus uh, Todd Blackadder are always a, a, for not, a, a very, very... Uh, There's not going to be any break, n- Probably not going to be any breakdancing this year, though. No. Well, Why? Crusaders are top of the table at the I moment. know, they're top, so there could still be some breakdancing <laughs> this year. <laughs> <laughs> well, there's either going to be some breakdancing or no breakdancing. Exactly. I think it's fair to say. Crusaders, please. There's still a chance for some breakdancing. Now, did either of you see the Curtis Rooner... Tackle London Irish soon to be London Irish's Curtis uh, Rona. Um, using uh, inverted commas for tackle on uh, Marika Corabetti. Nope. This weekend, so it was the best opportunity you could possibly think of to use the new World Rugby um, tackle height flow chart. Flow chart because it was so easy to use and get a yellow card outcome. It, w- it took like two seconds to follow it through. And just a penalty was given. Mm. It oh. was it was five five, and it should have actually been a yellow card and a penalty try. But just a penalty, no penalty try was given. It's, it was a phenomenally dangerous, forceful uh, sling shoulder charge. Let, let the boys play. Uh, you know how like NFL quarterbacks have the the the, the plays on their forearm. Yes, like like in in a sort of um, what's it called a. Uh, uh, laminated yeah, yeah. thing on their on their. That's what I do for lineup callers, by the well, way. Well, that's what that's. I think that's what refs will have with the flow chart on. They'll just <laughs> pop it open and <laughs> for the new world rugby flow, flow chart. chart. Six, yeah, high tackles. <laughs> um, do you know what would be cool? Cool is put the flow chart next. So you split screen it, and you have the incident. And you have the flow chart, and it highlights as they go along. But yeah, yeah, ding, but, but ding, what it could be, ding, yeah, what, what it could be, you could have um, the the player 
is like a like a little icon, the player. So it was, uh, let's say it was Curtis Rona. You have a little mini Curtis Rona at the start of the flowchart, and he mo- he moves. Oh, I love it! Yeah. He moves Just to his yes head. or no, ding, like, a, ding, like a little ding. animated computer game. Type yeah, thing. yeah, exactly. Like imagine. Um, Super Mario World or Super Mario Brothers 3 where you have little Mario moving around the map. Yeah. You do it exactly And like all that. the opposition fans are going, oh, oh. and they're about to and, and they're about to cheer and all the home fans are about about to boo. Oh, that's a you, you've, you've got some juice at PT Sport. Yeah, yeah? well, <laughs> consider it done. Um next game Waratahs Brumbies. Waratahs Brumbies. Um, oh, I think those Tars at home. Tell you what, Brum- it, Brumbies are top in the uh Australasian. I, I know, but Australian but never, but never right off either of these teams in a derby, presumably. This will go yes. down. Da- this will go down in history as a game that happened this weekend. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it happened on the eighth of June, twenty nineteen. <laughs> um, we've also got this is a repeat of a final from a couple of years ago. It was when Ly- the Lions used to have good players. Lions, yeah. Yo, until- and Ackerman was uh, at the Lions game at the weekend. Just gone until oh, Gloucester really? and Sale Sharks stole all of their players. That's right. Lions hosting the Hurricanes, my beloved mm. Hurricanes. I think the I think the Canes. Does Ross Cronier still play for the Lions? Uh, the scrum half. Yeah, I think so. Elton Yan- Elton Yanchies? Yes. Give me the Hurricanes. Canes. <laughs> <laughs> Hurricanes. Um, we've also got the Stormers and the Sunwolves. Now, so. How are the Sunwolves getting on? Because this is a quite a nice story for a while. They had a few good wins, and then. And then they are currently bottom. Of, I, I say a few. I've just looked it up. They've had two good wins. They've had two wins. Are they staying in the team or are they folding or no, something? They've, gone. they've been kicked yeah. out. They're out of here. Yeah, going back to fourteen. Or, are they not? Yeah, it's going to fourteen teams. I think. Yeah, um, it's interesting that I think it was Phil Kern's got a lot of flack this he, week for saying it's not fair. It's not fair. Haguaras are a national team. It's not fair. Get he wasn't it. complaining when uh, they were losing every game. Yeah. <laughs> when they were playing experimental teams. Or, and or, and it's like oh the pennies just dropped what four years in yeah, yeah. what was he expecting just worked it out uh, who do you think yeah. was going to play for the uh, they've got Aguares. they've got one team yeah <laughs> an amazing uh, yeah an amazing short sighted run there Aguares, ha- they, they are playing very very well forty one points um, hell so Stormers are going to beat the Sunwolves in Cape Town and then the Aguares are hosting the Sharks in Buenos Aires which is an interesting little. Uh, Little battle because sharks are second top in the South African conference. Sharks have been playing well. A night time, oh yeah, and that's a, a nice time as well. Uh, Twenty to nine. Oh, I might watch some of this this weekend. I want to watch, watch, watch that game. I might watch that game. It's well, actually I know what. I'll be in Munich, so no. Yeah, we twenty to nine in Munich or twenty to ten in Munich. Yeah, good luck finding Haguaras. You're a stag do, aren't you? Yes, we are. One of our, this may be one you've heard of, but I know in the past we've talked about drinking games and, st- and stag do games and loads of people have taken some of the ideas we've we've sh- shared. Well, I, I met I met and was bought a drink by one of our listeners, James, Saracens fan. Um, James, uh, who does the uh, Twitter account? Twitter account. He does the Saracens, Saracens Twitter account. Uh, I don't think so. I mean, maybe. I don't know. I don't think so. But uh, th- this this James, he actually, one, he said, the South Africa Saracens thing has been going for decades, years and years and years, because his grandfather played for Saracens and was, oh. came over from South Africa. That is interesting. Um, but anyway, so he bought me a beer, and he was saying that um, the game that they play, they have a yellow jersey. Okay. That, that whoever wins wins a pint race I don't know how they start it but someone someone starts and they have the yellow jersey so say because I've got a, re- a rapid pint I will I'll be the yellow jersey oh beat the best yeah yeah it's beat, yeah, yeah. yeah yeah and, you, and you, you bring a drink up and challenge someone else 
So as long as you buy a drink, as long as you buy a drink and yellow jersey, you challenge the yellow jersey at any time. At any time, yeah. So you could do with, with it being Tour de France season. That, that yeah, could be a little stag do thing. That, I quite like that because you could also do the uh, so you'd have the sprint, which could be racing a bottle, say. Oh um, yeah, different stages. Yeah, and then you have the King of the Mountains, which would be like a two pint or a oh god. Something, yeah. Well, no, hang on. But you, could, of, but you well, have to do it. King so of the Mountains would be something different, wouldn't it? It'd be like, how much can you drink? More than having, <laughs> that's more than having actual... For anyone to hold the King of the Mountains. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, you've got like three minutes to get as much down as you can. Oh, rather oh. than having a defined amount oh, of volume, nice. you have a defined amount of time. Yes. I'm not, I'm not condoning this in any yeah, way. Yeah, please, no, please drink, responsibly. drink responsibly. Please drink responsibly, yes. Please. Um, but there you go, it was just a thought, because James said to pass it on as, a, as an idea. Well, okay, so I will... Um, We'll have this staggered discussion, then we'll wrap this up, because literally there's no more rugby to talk about. Never mind. Anyway, go on. Um, with your, your stag do thing, you were saying something. Yes. So, the problem with stag do's now, because I've been on so many, I'm such a veteran, like, I've kind of run out of things to, to dress up as. And when you're dressing up, the majority of people are dressing up, not for the, basically for the benefit of other people, it's like, oh, aren't you zany? You are X, like X Y, Z, to make people from outside the, outside the group laugh. I am now, I am now in the, I'm now thinking the best thing to do is to dress up for your own benefit, all right, or to make yourself stupid but not know about it. Does that make sense? So it's gone full circle circle for me. The one thing I would hate to dress up as, and this is the key for stag do, you've got to make everyone feel miserable. I would hate to go back to the days where you get your tour t-shirt, just something like like a little polo <laughs> shirt, and all have your nicknames. A nickname like oh, fingers. Yeah. Oh, no. Yeah. No. <laughs> Player sixty nine. Yeah. Like, oh. if, if someone bought me one, I would dress up in a mankini over one of those shirts. Hundred percent. Hundred percent. Hundred percent. Do you know what would be even worse is them, and then maybe someone gets me some some square toe faux leather shoes <laughs> with buka jeans. Buka jeans. Oh. <laughs> A bit, I'd look like a, I'd look like a rugby journalist on a stag do. <laughs> so yeah, that's exact. Yeah, that that would be the way. If I was gonna dress up a stag do, I would make, I'd make them wear, make them wear that because it's horrendous. We don't actually have any fancy dress this coming weekend, do we? Uh, we do, but we don't know what it is. Secret, secret, interesting. Secret. Yeah, secret. Tim, we we did um, movie theme fancy dress at our stag do in Prague. We did. Did you go for Did you go for your Michael J. Fox classic? I didn't. I, I do have a movie grade Michael J. Fox uh, <laughs> costume <laughs> uh, at hand. I'll show you a picture. This is one of my. This might be my favorite ever fancy dress. I might put this on the um, the uh, at Ruby Podcast Twitter account. That's quite. Impressive. Oh, I've seen that picture. That's incredible. Yeah. Clockwork That's orange. amazing. A, that is... Again, a movie grade Clockwork yeah. Orange. Yeah. Foursome. That was awesome. Beautiful. Great. Well, uh, unless anyone's got any other business, we should uh, wrap this up and go. Uh, island team was announced. Or oh, the island squad. You're really trying to keep us there, aren't you? Yeah, can we go? <laughs> Come on. You're desperate to go. Okay, Will, okay, I know about this because Will Addison is, is not in it. No Will Addison. He's not played for a while. I think injuries might be an issue. No, no big surprises. No Stuart McCloskey. Who is... Dave Carney's in. Good. Yeah, Dave Carney's a weird one. But um, Mike Haley and Jean Klein, the South oh, African monster. Mike Haley's in. Mike Haley's in. Wow. It's the wider squad. This is a 46 man squad. It's 44 man squad. This, this, uh, 13. What are they going to do about their seven problem? Oh, yeah, because Sean O'Brien and Levy. They're, well, by the look of it, they'll probably no. end up putting Stander to seven. 
or Omani to seven and Standard to six. Oh god, they've got Omani. And Conan, could do, but you got you got Conan to eight, and you got uh, Van der Fleer's playing well. So, so. Yeah. If they've got options there for a, a oh. true seven, yeah, but it's the first and second choice. Yeah, it's not good, not good. But yeah. um, yeah, there'll be thirteen players cold from that. But we can get into all that with the autumn inter- uh, when the autumn internationals with the uh, World Cup warm up <laughs> games. There will be autumn internationals. It's just as part a of the World, World Cup. Cup. When when are the uh, rugby World Cup uh, World Cup warm ups? From about the tenth, eleventh of August. They well, start. the three in three weeks' time, it, it starts with um, training camps. So I so the England won't start in three weeks' time because they've got the mandated five weeks rest. Yeah, I'm sure but the announcements. Will be... No, no. Yes, hang on. There are some things going on here. So there is some controversy. Now JB's carrying it on. Come on, yeah. Go on. There is Definitely some to get controversy home. about get some carbs in his body. Mm. Some when you fats. can start your training camps. So, for instance, Scotland training camp will start, I think, within the five week rest period. So then. I'm not sure who has to pick up the tab for the rest. Does that make sense? So do they rest on, for instance, uh, Saracen's time for Sean Maitland? So it's, Sean Maitland will have to go into Saracen's um, Scotland coming in the next few weeks. Whereas, so, so basically, when is when has Eddie Jones got the Octagon UFC training camp for his England squad yeah, organised? Yeah. When's that? The ankle breaker. Yeah, the ankle breaker, yeah. Yeah, I, I can't wait to see what Eddie Jones... what what. You know, like a tough murder, but with extra barbed wire or something. <laughs> you know, um, it's a uh, eleven thousand volt HV cables <laughs> rather than a little shot. Yeah, if two percent of you aren't dying, you've not done it properly. Uh, yeah, so there is some some controversies to when the players can go, particularly if you play in the Premiership and say Scotland or you're playing for Scotland or Wales. Mm. Interesting. One final thing, which which I will I will bookmark this for a future podcast. We can talk about it, but a, a legend we've talked about many times on the podcast, Blair Paddy Main. Founding member of the SAS could be the subject of a TV show. Oh, really? Oh, interesting. Yeah, there's people that are looking to write um, that write a, a TV show based on the founding members of the SAS, and one of the characters that they really they might centre the whole thing around is the Irish and British and Irish Lions uh, international Blair Paddy Main, who was a as we've talked about many times on the podcast was an unbelievable that would character. Be a cracking show. Yeah. Who's doing it? HBO. I think it might Netflix. be it might be the people behind Peaky Blinders. Right, enough. Enough yes. of this nonsense. And we can bookmark that another time. Uh, you know where to find us. Uh, and this week, I, I'm, I'm le- I am un- understood I was at Twickenham HQ and I made sure, um, I, you know, I went to look at the room we'll be doing. Um, I hope a, 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 Negroni party. a light Negroni party in, JB 2020. Um, I, I went to have a look at all that. So we should have all the d- I's dotted and T's crossed and we should have information on our live show, Negroni Party World Cup warm-up show and all the details of that. So keep an eye on the Twitter feed at Rugby Podcast. Make sure you hit subscribe on this channel. And uh, yeah, let the boys play. Let the boys play.